Commanders, and welcome to episode 82 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, now that I know, Psycho Cow, and joining me in this sort of the orange sidewinder for this episode are ahead of health and safety. That's right, it's Commander Ben Moss Woodward. Greetings, Grant. It's good to know that you know exactly what we're doing this evening. I've been stitched up like a pork chop. I gave you 30 seconds notice. And if you'd read the show notes, you'd have seen it about two hours ago. I've only just opened them. And after working out that I'm the host. We're also joined in the Orange Sidewinder by our lave historian, the man with so much dust on his hair um, that he sneezes. I don't know. Powdery art. I don't know. Just make up your own joke. It's Colin Ford. Are you criticising me for having dandruff or something? I'm suggesting you have the weight of a thousand archives on your back. <laughs> uh, okay, let's take that in. Go on. <laughs> and it's been a long time. His absence has been felt like a, a sort of feeling thing. Big, a big, a big abs- absency feeling. Yeah, that yes. kind of, you know, that that. Oh, how is it described? You know, just like that, 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 that sense. A big hole. Yeah, that just a, a fluctuation in the force without him. But he's back tonight. It is our head of operations, our chief commander, um. commander, Mister Alan Stroud. Good evening. I uh, um, I was thinking you could probably sum it up with his absence has been noted like an abscess. That That's what of, I was trying yeah. for, but I mispronounced. You know, it's like either I'm either I'm an abscess when I turn up, you know, or I'm I'm an absence that kind of is like a. Anyway, I yep. sure we I missed you, Alan. Oh, you're so kind. But I, we I, can reload like a hole in the head. I had that kind of you know deja vu of listening to my own music twice. Um, it was quite weird, but uh, yes, I missed you. I missed you all too. Um, unfortunately, I am stinkingly full of cold, as you can probably. Uh, probably here, so uh, um, I'm 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 kind of uh, hunkered up here, trying to keep warm and make sure that uh, I can manage to do my lessons tomorrow. Yes, 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 it's been a, a tough week for you, but everyone who is listening in, if you're listening in live at laveradio.com forward slash live, then hello. If you're watching us on our Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash laveradio, then hello. We are not, well, I'm not outside lave. I'm not sure if any of the other hosts are outside lave at the current minutes. Anyone? I am on my way there in about five minutes. Like a true investigator, I headed off into the cosmos to check something out, but we'll come back to that later. And uh, if you're watching the Twitch stream, you'll see me currently there looking at it, and I barely got there in time for the show, but then I found out I'm hosting, which is explaining the silence when I sat there and waited for someone else to go, Greetings and welcome to Lay Radio, only for nobody to do it, and that small itching sensation creeping up the back of my neck into my head going, Are you the host tonight? Oh dear. So oh dear. if you want to join us, you can join us in IRC chat at hashtag lave-radio on QuakeNet. You can access that through our Lave Radio page and you can tweet us at Lave Radio with questions. We'll try to answer them towards the end of the show and again on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash Lave Radio. So we'll get down to the introductions and we'll start with Alan so we don't have to drag you on too far through the show. What have you been up to since we last spoke? And I reckon this will take us to the halfway mark of the show. <laughs> I was going to say, you might do better to let the other two sort of say, you know, all three of you say what you've been up to and then 
on that that run and then everybody can you know talk about their week and what have you and then uh, yeah then i'll i'll start digging the hole okay well, we'll, we'll switch to over ben how's your week been what have you been up to my week's been awesome i've had a great fun event trucking from oh from somewhere to somewhere dropping some mugs off but i'm sure you'll go into that in a load more detail um i had a quite emotional run actually playing some prison architects um i went through the campaign mode and i'm not going to give the game away but the campaign of prison architect it really got to me in a couple of points actually yeah you know, I, I, it's it's a sandbox prison game but there is a wee bit of a story in the campaign as it teaches you how to run and build your prison and it's like no they didn't just do that no and that, that was kind of surprisingly good yeah um, and i yeah no, no. Just say I, I just started playing it today, and I know what you mean the the sort of training missions you'd expect them to be training missions are actually what you would call um, yeah the narrative that that's the sort of Aye. running story, and it's it was quite quite brutal actually so far from what I've played. Have you done the first one? Yes. Yes, yes, and try not to give anything yeah. away to people that haven't played it yet. But the essentially there's, the, I think it's the third the third mission, and then it's it's putting out fires and all kinds of stuff. I there's a I think it's the fourth one where you're doing some reform, and that's the one that really kind of got to me. Well, I'll watch out for that, and then how you giggle at your expense. Um, but then I have to admit, I also. I did the final mission is basically build your prison however you want to do it. So effectively, it's a sandbox game. Um, and I went off and did that, and then I went and then I saved my prison as a prison for me to. Because um, the other new thing is that we can escape from, we can become a prison prisoner and escape from our own jail. And I kind of went to town on that. I recruited about fifteen other criminals into my gang. Uh, we stole some guards' keys, we went off and raided the armory, and then we basically took over the entire prison with guns from the armory. SWAT were coming in and we were shooting them in the face, we killed all the prison guards, we killed, we stupidly killed the doctors. Um, we killed any prisoner who wasn't one of us. Um, you know, we, we just, we, we owned that prison. Um, I got, I actually killed so many people that my victims... Went. I ran out of room on the victim screen, um, but I had a blast doing it, and I took a few screenshots as well, and that was really good fun. Ah, uh, yes, morality dies a death <laughs> in computer games. It does. It's a very pretty game. Well, that brings us neatly over to you, Colin. What have you been up to? I do expect that you've been. Oh crikey! I nearly said something inappropriate. I nearly suggested that you were, you know, <laughs> doing a Rolf Harris, but then I realised that that's not politically correct anymore. Um, doing a Rolf Harris? Yeah, you've been, you know. Oh, being artistic. Do you mean being artistic? <laughs> painting. Can you tell what it is yet? That kind of thing. <laughs> you that's don't what he's getting at. You don't do children's so. parties. You don't do well for these analogies, do you, Colin? You really don't. <laughs> no, I don't. For some reason, they all just say, "Ah, oh, better not say See, that." I, you know, what, if what you, have I done? If you remember, if you remember, Grant, I compared him to John Peel. Exactly, and, and that didn't go well. Um, no. That was all. Of, and now you've you've. 
compared him to Ralph Harris. Not yeah. well. Any more? <laughs> Go on. Well, I'm well, waiting for the now then now ends. All I'll say now is, as long as by next week you've not started fixing things, we should be good. Just... But what have you been up to? Right. What have you been up to? What have you been up to? Right, well, in the game, I've been joining in with the uh, the bacon bounty hunting. Uh, that's been quite a fun. Uh, the Is event that still end- going on? Because I, I thought that finished. Yeah, it, it ended yesterday. Uh, and, uh, yes, the, the the limit was reached very quickly, uh, as, the, as these bounty hunting community goals seem to. And then uh, I popped over to uh, where Slezen was, that's uh, Dave Hughes, who's doing the role-playing game, because uh, we were having a Scotland versus England basic sidewinder match. And uh, in, in celebration of the rugby, well, you getting through in the rugby and collapsing out in, in the Euro qualifiers, we decided to have one of those. And there was me, Galactic Midden, and Slezen versus um, three English pilots who came along for a fight. Uh, and I'm, I'm afraid to say that um, the English pilots didn't do too well. In fact, nope. I, I would go as far as to say it, it was a bit of a drubbing. So, the next time this happens, you, I'm afraid we're, we're going to have to... You guys are going to have to up your game a bit. So, oh, You say you guys, but the only English person on the show tonight is Alan. Yeah, true, uh-huh. but I was, I was talking out, out to the void. Uh-huh. I used to take on Alan either, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> what is it, Sidewinder matchup, is it? Like, yeah, basic, basic fixed weapon Sidewinders and... and like, like the old days... Like the old days, and I've I've realised going back to a sidewinder from a python to the absolute basic starting ship, you realise how much of a hunk it is. Oh no, I love the sidewinder. Oh yeah, an A-rated sidewinder is a laugh, but oh, you not mean... an E-rated one. Yeah, it's no, it's awful. true. Yeah, no, they they did they were pretty poor. Okay. Oh yeah. All right. Duly noted. I'll see if I can I can arrange some time, but uh, <laughs> as you're going to find, my time is is uh, limited. Outside the game, um, as probably people have seen on Reddit, I've been working on the miniatures game. Um, we're almost there. We've got um, all the basic cobras, all the basic eagles, all the basic sidewinders ready. Um, I've got a lot of the playing cards ready. In fact, all I've got to do for the demo game now is cut up these manoeuvre cards that I'm working on at the moment, and we're done. And that's it. I've got enough there to do uh, a couple of demo matches, uh, which will be uh, shown at some point. Uh, and I do believe, uh, thanks to Mr. to Mike Snoswell, there might be a few surprises on the... So, uh, more about that uh, when I actually get around to getting the paintbrushes out again. Fantastic. And before we, we jump over to Alan, then I'll, I've been, myself, I've been messing around in game. I've been firing up the ranks in CQC to get back to my rapid fire cannon because that's my weapon of choice and I love it. I do, I do, I love it. So I'm 20, level 21 now, maybe 22. Had a couple of good games. I'm in, well, I, I enjoy CQC. It's a great wee jump in it for a couple, you know, an hour or two when you can't be arsed doing trading. And then I've jumped into the game for, of course, the massive mutt. Hug or the Hutton Mug convoy that we did on Saturday night. And, the Mutton uh, Hug. That, that's what we always refer to. That's Ben Ryder and his Mutton Huggers. Um, <laughs> opposed to the, the Hutton Mug from the very beginning. But we had uh, a, a spectacular evening. I think we're going to chat about that later on as well. It was over 110, 15 
commanders in TeamSpeak alone, um, of which 47 were wing leaders, and we coordinated the jumps every two minutes to the next system, announcing the system prior to the jump. Everyone fired up their frame shifts, and then we headed, headed off. It was... It was it was high uh, intensity. It was quite stressful. There was an awful lot of funny moments, but I say we've got it on the schedule to chat about later on, so we'll come back to that later. But it was great fun, and thanks to everyone that took part. Um, been getting things organised, <coughs> sound wise, uh, and some ideas coming up for LaveCon next year. We've got some. My brother's been getting a hold of some interesting light controllers that we've to play with and. Yeah, I I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm frightened to plug them in in case I blow something up. Um, it's been yeah, a busy old week for me, and it's been fantastic with all the hut and stuff. We had a wee radio broadcast last night for a chat about it, and we talked to some of the commanders that took part. So yeah, it's uh, I'm kind of yeah, it's a bit tricky to be jumping straight back into another show and not getting my shows confused. So yeah. What happened to last week's travels? No, that's not it. It's over to Alan. Alan, what have you been up to for the last since we last saw you? Oh well, it's been a lot, lot on to be honest. Um, university started back, so um, so yeah, my my time is tough. We are in week three, which is always the grind, and it's it's a little bit tough for me this year because I'm running a new course. So I'm having to write quite a lot of new material, but I've got some great students, which is is really nice. Um, stuff i've been doing so uh it's been up on the kickstarter for a couple of uh weeks that i'm now doing author reading version of lave revolution which i'm currently editing the first episode which will come out fairly soon um hoping to try and get that out in the next couple of weeks really by the end of october and that'll be chapters one to five Squee! Um, yeah, you know, I, I, the only thing that's holding me back right now is the fact that I've got a horrendous cold, so I can't record any more um, any more reading. But thankfully, I've done the first six chapters. I've read the first six chapters, so that's fine. I've got to do some dialogue replacement because I want to do. Uh, I want the characters to actually have voices rather than be me. So um, I'm getting a couple of people to you know to read lines. So uh, we're going to see how that works. So anyway, so yeah, so there's that. Uh, Chaos Reborn. Um, Chaos Reborn is out on October the 26th. As agreed last night, Chaos Reborn, the game, as out on October 26th, will feature the short story, The Journal of the Gifted One, which is a story uh, inside the game that tells you the story of an acolyte or you, essentially. It tells you the story of someone who could be you uh, leading up to the starting point of the game. Uh, I've been writing that for the last two months. I've been releasing it gradually with the, um, the the backers, you know, in one of the backer forums, just so that they could they could get a bit of a preview. I finished it last night. I've got the edit to do tomorrow, and then it's going straight into the uh, into the final build, uh, which I'm very excited about. Um, it's kind of like, and I I sold it to Julian by saying this. It's like the dark wheel for chaos reborn basically so yeah you know really happy with that and of course i'm still writing the um the three well what will now be three novels that are attached to the the game anyway so um so yeah so they're still due to come out later too but it means that you've got you know a short story that really sets the context for for the wizard who starts the game 
So that's good. That's Done that. Then uh, I've just finished a, a short for um, New Compress. I've submitted that to, to New Compress, which um, they've got a science fiction anthology um, coming out next year. Uh, Ian Waits, obviously, down at um, uh, LaveCon and, uh, you know, spoke to a couple of the writers there and I've, I've put something in for that, so that's, that's all good. One or two other writing projects are sort of off at the moment. We've got the Festival Festival of Drabbles coming up next month. I don't know if you're doing anything, Grant. Are you doing anything for the Festival of Drabbles? I want to. Good. Um, so Michael Brooks is, uh, is doing a competition. There's a Drabble competition next month that he's running. Um, so it's well worth doing. So today I introduced my creative writing students to Drabbles. They have now written Drabbles. We went through and did an afternoon of editing and um, uh, revising Drabbles, which was great fun. So, um, yeah, you know, they're, they're really interested in them. So I think I'm going to go try and get them into your your annual, your, your weekly competition and see if they, they want to have a go at it. So it'd be quite good. That, that might just raise the standards some small <laughs> notch to... Uh, I might not be able to read them. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, you'll you have to see. So um, th- those are, the, those are the, the sort of things that were going on. And then I did something a little bit that I'd, I'd kind of been wanting to do for a while. Um, last week, I got on to the um, Prior to Citizen Con. I got onto the Star Citizen thread on the Elite Dangerous forums. Now, um, I, I guiltily confessed to you guys last week, and I don't think most people knew this, I have read all of the Star Citizen thread on the Elite Dangerous forums. It's had three incarnations. It has got shut down several times. People fight each other. Then they reasonably talk. Then they fight each other. Then they reasonably talk. Then, they, you know, and it just goes, goes round and round in circles. Um, but I read everything on there. Um, I don't post very much, but I read everything on there because I'm actually interested in a critical discourse on Star Subject. I'm interested academically. I'm interested sort of, you know, myself. I haven't backed it. Um, I didn't back the game because it, it didn't didn't grab me at the time. But I got on the, the Star Citizen thread and got a bit more active on the Elite Star Citizen thread because I finally sort of looked at it and thought, with the the advent of some of the criticism that's come out, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, I think that, or I felt that there was a real need to draw together some of the people on that thread and actually talk about the game critically without getting into playing the man, not the ball, if you see what I'm saying, or playing the, you know, playing the person, not the ball. And um, so hopefully, you know, me being a bit more active on there is kind of... <laughs> turn that thread into a bit more of a an actual discussion as opposed to because i'm i'm not a fan of um sometimes the advice is to ignore you know and i'm not a fan of that really because actually i think that people need to be talking to each other not not ignoring each other and pretending they don't exist so i did that and then i sort of got into it a little bit and thought well okay i'll see if i can kind of see what the you know now i've read everything and i've read all the escapist articles and i've read the Derek smart articles and i've read you know the chris roberts rebuttal and blah 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 blah. maybe i'll i'll take a bit of a time on twitter and have a look around and um so i did got chatting to Derek smart that was that was an education um and then over the weekend put together this article on trying to really take all the three elements, Derek's um, comments, uh, the escapist comments, and 
um, the, the Star Citizen are saying and the Star Citizen project itself and sort of actually put out some legitimate criticism, put out some stuff that, that says, these are my problems with the game, but these are the things actually that I think are not legitimate problems that people are raising. And these are things that are good, and these are things that could be done better, and so on. So I, I put together this article, and it took me a little bit of time, but I was a bit worried it was going to be too long. And then CitizenCon happened, so I listened to all of CitizenCon, watched all of CitizenCon, uh, observed the people in the Twitch stream. It was very, very interesting to, to, to observe. A Twitch, screen, Twitch stream with 20,000 people in is very interesting to observe. And put the, put the article out on Sunday. And it's currently about 6,000 views. So, you know, my blog's not a very popular place. Suddenly it is. <laughs> you know, suddenly everybody wants to, you know, to sort of talk about Star Citizen. So, so that was really good. Um, and we've had a good constructive conversation in the comments. Um, I know it's now... That's quite the- rare. Yeah, yeah, actually, you know, and, you know, it is, it's, it's, it's kept a, a good tone, really. Um, 95% of all the feedback of all the, you know, the commentary related to what I've said has been constructive, has been polite, has been courteous, has been helpful, and has taught me a lot. Um, so, you know, so it's basically, it's got me thinking about now looking at the rest of it and, think about doing a, a second article which um, i'm going to be looking at hopefully to get out next weekend um and i'm also going to do a little um hopefully a special live radio interview where um Nowak from the star citizen thread who's who's a you know a known star citizen backer he and i have, have, have chatted a few times he and i are going to have a little bit of a conversation about star citizen and about the difference between you know the position of the non-backer and the outsider and the, you know, and the, the backer and how, you know, a, a sensible conversation related to the good and the bad, how the project yeah. is going, really. It's, it's, it's something that's definitely, whenever you see Star Citizen met, uh, mentioned or brought up, it's uh, one of these topics that instantly splits people into two sides, uh, one, uh, and, you know, it's almost into two games you, you be or you be led to believe that it's the ED players against the Star Citizen players it's not quite as simple as that well it's not even it's not even just that it's also the backer and non-backer I mean I think I think possibly to a point where we're maybe sort of bigging Elite Dangerous up in that regard because there are people who've backed both there are people who've backed one and the other um, and there are people who have backed it and there are people who've not backed it and are kind of you know, sort of into not backing it or what have you. And everybody is kind of finding evidence to reinforce their their position. And a lot of the language starts to get into the, the kind of stuff that really doesn't help. Um, like um, Chris Roberts is God or, oh, so-and-so is a monster, you know, and blah, 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 blah. You know, that kind of hyperbole I, i've got it as point three on the article it's hyperbole sets the tone for mythology and it's it's kind of this continual sort of it's it's not and it's not the fans fault i don't think it's the fans here i think it's happened in both sides and i think actually the you know cloud imperium games have got a little bit uh you know of responsibility here because of course you know if you really market game and by continually marketing the game to about sm space sim ever 
etc etc that immediately sets the tone towards this sort of almost religious type of language and it's like a football match you know and actually you'd kind of think you'd sort of hope that people engaged in a project like this who are actually you know very very intelligent people can sort of think about it in a a slightly better way you know rather than get drawn into this um this sort of binary you know of oh elite's best or star citizen's best or star citizen's a con um, no, Star Citizen's going to be the greatest game ever. Star Citizen's not going to, you know, going to fold. No, Star Citizen's going to be amazing. You know, it, it, it kind of, all of those things, I don't think they help. And I, I don't think the forums help either because, unfortunately, over there, because they've got so many backers, everything moves very quick. And there's quite a lot of criticism that's been quite legitimate occasionally that has just kind of just, just not been really addressed. And, Actually, having somewhere where people can have a conversation and say, these things are important, these things aren't, you know, these things are, you know, and the, and by the way, the revision you've done to this is really good, well done, or, oh, I got an excellent response of customer services from here, well done, you know, and, you know, stuff like that. It's, it's kind of important, I think, to to get more to this kind of granular, uh, you know, legitimate thinking of it in a serious way rather than, the whole some someone's some human you know, someone's an angel etc you know sort of rubbish it gets kind of personal and, and i think you know uh, one of the things that I, I kind of felt bad was the the escapist article um has hmm. the effect of what people always say in these cases is there's no smoke without fire but <laughs> That's a really unfair way, and unfortunately, it's, it's just that's the way it works in these things. People always assume that there's a degree of truth in something because why else would anybody publish it? Well, the fact is, if it's unsubstantiated rumor, then the, how damaging that can be to the reputation of a company. And of course, if any of it pans out to be true, mm. the difficulty is at this stage we're all behind on the wrong side of the curtain to know what's true and what's not and it comes down to this another division which is who do you feel comfortable believing and also who do you believe that suits your particular own situation Yeah, because you don't yeah, want to it, say yeah, I've backed this project and it's run by a crook you wouldn't do that so if you've no, backed it for an amount you're going to want to say well no of course this is just absolute lies and then other people who haven't backed it who don't like it for whatever reason are more than happy to stick the boot in and say well no it can't be all lies it must be some truth to it yeah we talk about that in you know I've kind of summed that up with the philosophy of the purchase because it's it's a bit like when you go to the and I use this analogy with the students you go to the cinema you pay 10 quid for your cinema ticket you go in you sit down how often do you walk out well not very often because you paid 10 quid so you're invested and you're kind of going you know what I'm invested that means I'm going to look to be entertained and there is a there's a similar analogy in that we will always when you make a purchase decision you will always look to find evidence that supports your decision so if you decided to back star citizen you're going to find evidence that says um you know you're going to find things that say to you say to you i i did right this game's going to be amazing and similarly if you didn't back it you're going to be looking and finding evidence for things that say i did right it's going to fail and and actually i think both sides of that are going wrong in that regard and just to, to turn to your point about the escapist the escapist um, 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 next week I'm going to do 
the follow-up article on the escapist stuff. And I'm going to go into it in a lot of detail and go through the language used in all of their articles. Yeah, because there's a podcast and there's there's two articles. Um, you know, there may be some subsequent stuff as well I want to look at. Um, actually, yeah, I mean, I'm going to look at, because there's been some press releases from Eurogamer and from, you know, from io9 related to CitizenCon. I'm going to kind of bundle that all in. Uh, and look at you know the the language that's being used and the way in which that's you know affecting how people feel about the project, um, and I think it's important to do that because you know what you were saying about you know, the smoke and fire analogy or the smoke and fire phrase. I turn that round in what I wrote because I very much feel that the escapist were trying to read the extent of the fire from observing the smoke, and I don't think you can do that. You know, I, I don't think you can tell. Um, I think there are problems. I think there were always going to be problems with this. I think Star Citizen have acknowledged that there are problems. And I think that any crowdfund, you know, has problems. I had problems. I've still got things to sort out with mine. I hold my hand up every, you know, I, I, I wear the hair shirt every day. You know, the stuff I want to get out to my backers that I'm desperate to get out as fast as I can. And, you know, and it's not come necessarily the way I've wanted it to come out. But that's that's part of doing crowdfunding. And actually, that's hard. It's hard work. It's the little um, bits, isn't it? It's once you get into yeah. the, the last bits and nitty gritty. It's why, yeah. why maybe in future the next Kickstarters will be, well, I'll tell you what, uh, your reward will be, oh, well, I'll give you a handshake the next time we meet. That should be a little uh, bit easier. Well, you know. We'll give you, you some potato salad. Yeah, no, you, you learn. Yeah, there's one. You, you learn. You Basically, you learn to sort of optimise your time a bit better because it's very easy to cost. Um, it's very too easy to cost what projects are worth but actually costing the amount of time that you have to make them is harder. And I think with, with Star Citizen in particular, um, we talk a little bit about um, uh, concept sales and engineering debt. And, you know, and, and when you're continually selling stuff to get money in, how much it's going to then take, particularly if you're selling stuff off of graphics, you know, off of just a, oh, I drew a ship. Okay, let's put it up for X amount of money. Um, when you when you're doing that, the engineering that's going to be required to to put that ship in the game, obviously you're 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 putting that to the back of the queue. So there's a there's a bit of a problem there in terms of what's what's there. But it, with all of this, you know, these are these are things that I'm observing from the outside of the project, and I think there are people who share some of those concerns. But I also think there are people who know an awful lot more than I do, um, and I'm really happy to to kind of look at it because my you know my um my interest my my specialism perhaps as a as a media theorist is to look at this from the point of view of the language and the language that's being used and i'm quite interested in that and that's fine and i'm quite happy to critique in relation to that because that's you know an area i think i'm strong on whereas the actual detail of what's happening at the moment, what's happening next, who said this, who said, you know, I'm kind of hoping that a few people are coming in, and it certainly happened on the comments, a few people are coming in, and I'm learning an awful lot from them, which is great. And I've, I've made it perfectly plain in the article that, you know, if people can have an opinion, I'm quite happy to hold my hand up and say, you know, I'll, I'll change my view. Um, and similarly, I'm not claiming to be unbiased, 
either. And I think that's really important because when you, you know, some people can say, oh, it's a really balanced view. That's fine. That's up to them. But I'm, I'm quite happily putting out there, this is where I'm coming from. You know, these are the things I've done. Um, this is, you know, if you want to paint me as, as an elite fanboy, then that's perfectly fine. But, you know, I'll put it right up, right at the top. Here it is. Now, now make your decision about whether what I'm saying is worth listening to. I must say, because I, I read the article with quite a keen interest, uh, actually, and I'll ask you some questions about this in a second. Um, mm-hmm. And I have to say, you know, the way that you, you start the article is to introduce yourself, explain a bit about yourself so that people are in no doubt that you are, you know, foremost, you came in with a lead, blah, 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 and you give them a real good basis. And I can guarantee that as they get through the article, the summary and the conclusions are probably the opposite of what they might expect or certainly very different and it was quite refreshing uh, from my point of view to read one of these articles that wasn't full of conjecture and personal directed insults and commentary so it was quite good in that respect but what it raised because I wanted to read it for very very uh, particular reasons which is you watched the whole of the Citizen Con mm-hmm. I was busy leading uh, a number of hundred commanders <laughs> to a location to sell monks and didn't get a chance to see it Ah, what did they show? So I wanted to... Uh, We'll move off from the article that you've written about it and maybe do more about the actual Citizen Con because I'm sure the elite fans will be really interested to hear what they were showing there and and anything that particularly impressed you. Well, it was quite interesting. There were one or two things that were were interesting, perhaps not for the reasons they they were showing them as being interesting. And there were one or two things that were, you know, were very cool. Um, there's a lot of mocap. You know, they, they featured a lot of the mocap. They did a lot of uh, sort of um, discussion with some of the actors involved in the mocap. Uh, you know, you'll see a very um, a very young Oldman who I utterly adore Gary Oldman. You know, actually, I, some of the films of, you know, that I've seen um, in my life, some of the seminal films I've seen in my life, Gary Oldman's been in. Um, he's obviously, he's now... Uh, been motion captured and and airbrushed <laughs> you know in that process so there's a virtual gary oldman um in the game it and, looks, it uh, looks a bit wonky it's one of those ones well, you know it's yeah it, it's unmistakably gary oldman and yeah, I, yeah i'm a huge fan as well um and then you've got you know you've got some of the other actors were featured so that was that was great and i mean oh come on come uh, on you've got to name drop because i know two well i know one for certain uh and well, okay it. well yeah, yeah, Mark Hamill was 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 talked about. Um, bringing him back from Julian the dead. Uh, they, they, yeah, uh, John Rhys Davis. They talked about, um, but it's Star Citizen, so it's not Wing Commander. You know, so you know whether there's a continuity. I don't think they'll they'll keep a continuity. So, you That's know, I mean, we'll, we'll see. So, um, yeah, you know, I mean, there's there's some others there. I I think the key I would make is that this demonstrates the difference between Star Citizen and Wing Commander. Uh, sorry, sorry, Star Citizen and Elite Dangerous, because, and this is something we picked up in the comments recently, you know, I, I would say, and I mean, you know, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, and I recognise the audience I'm talking to, and also the people I'm talking with, um, Elite struggles for story, you know, it, it in terms of canvas, yeah, it's great, you know, we've got a, a, the biggest 40 billion star systems, you know, and everything else, but the impersonality is part of how elite works in that the commander is supposed to be somehow 
you know, something insignificant within this, you know, within this massive, massive galaxy. And, um, you know, fair play, the, the power play brings in a little bit of a, an opportunity for you to affect things. But that's quite, it's still quite, you know, your ability to affect stuff is still quite, quite small. Yeah, you're whereas, a speck of dust. Yeah, whereas Star Citizen and any game that Chris Roberts has ever, ever made, really, the, the heart of the game is big. The story is is part of you know part of that. Certainly, when I played Wing Commander two, I was in yeah I was doing the missions to get to the next bit of the story. Played freelancer when the story ran out, it just the game died for me because there was no you know the story yeah. was what you were what you were interested in. Particularly when you realised that when you went back to the the other zones or the other galaxies or the you know, sort of sections of freelancer, uh, actually. The ships in the first zone were um, were not as powerful as the ships in the fourth zone, and you're like, ah, oh, okay. So this is like easy world, and this is medium world, and this is hot. You know, ah, oh, this is rubbish. So you know, it, it kind of the game totally fell off a cliff for me in that regard. But the point is, is that Star Citizen is going to, however they do it. You know, they're obviously looking for. Uh, for ways in which um, you know they can manage the multiplayer, but they have always prioritised story, and I think we're going to see that Squadron Forty Two is is you know is where a lot of this mocap and stuff is going to go, but the fact that they're prioritising story, I think, will show significant difference. You know, in terms of what's there. Uh, other stuff that was in the presentation, um, the 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 proto map is quite interesting you know they've they've put together a map that actually does look very like the elite dangerous map you know the the galaxy yeah, map i've actually i've heard an awful lot of people that have had a go at it and i haven't yet i mean I, i've got i'm a yeah. citizen backer so i've yeah. got the latest client but i've not looked at it yet so but i've heard some great things that it's really really nice well there's there's two bits um the one that's the one that's sort of very like you know the elite map you're kind of going actually the elite map, no, because it's forty, but uh, four hundred billion star systems, and there's not that many in this one. Um, but the orrery, the system-based orrery that they've got, is kind of what the DDF were asking for for Elite Dangerous, um, and it's great. You know, it's great. And I, I think the reason they can do it is because they're on such a small scale at this stage. Because they've only, they've listed 90 systems. Um, they're only looking at a sandbox with sort of one system at the moment, if I remember rightly, um, with a few locations. So you can kind of, you know, whereas actually what Frontier would have to do is create a procedural system for all of the, you know, all of the star systems. And I think but don't Michael, they already have that? Yeah, but I think Michael has said to to make that represent on an orrery, that's particularly difficult because of the three-dimensional nature of the planets. So because you've got them on... um, uh, Because you've got them on arcs, you know, you've got them on orbits that are all not necessarily in line with each other. Do you see what I'm saying? So that they're intersecting orbits that are all in different circles. I I think they're struggling with making that work in a graphical interface. I think that was the, the problem. Could be, um, yeah. So, so, yeah, so, but of course, you know, uh, I mean, we'll see, you know, obviously that, 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 that may well come, but, you know, it's interesting to, to sort of see. And of course, the, the, the general sense I got from what they've talked about here 
is they've talked about their they're going towards alpha two they've called it alpha two is what you know is is this is going to be they've got rid of the sort of dip into this module dip into that module you know that's the idea when alpha two comes out so it starts to feel a bit more like a game loop and it reminded me of when david braben said well we were uh we were at one of the one of the conventions i think it could have been tobacco dock actually it was the the bafta at tobacco dock where he said we've got a game loop now because we're landing you know we've got a space man and you can go from the space station to this location from the space station to this so actually there's the you can see evidence of a game loop actually that's what got me thinking this this is going to come I, i'm not sure it's a 90 million dollar game yet because i think it's a long way in that regard and i think that they have been in the past trying to be you know the thing is is that with elite we've very much seen the the graphics evolve um you know if you think michael certainly on the writers forum when when we initially got the um you know the alpha we were talking on the writers forum about making videos to promote our books and michael was saying oh you don't want to do that you know the graphics are really awful and then you're actually not noticing necessarily how much revision they're doing to the shaders how much revision they're doing to the you know to the to the graphics whereas star citizen has tried very hard to get the graphics really good really quickly and i think that's where their best damn philosophy has kind of you know it's become a millstone in that mm. regard because you know th- these are alpha things these are development you know concepts development sections but of course the fact that they've said oh it's going to be the best that means you know, you're struggling every time you release anything. You're on, on a hiding to nothing every time you release something. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm hoping what they're going to do now is they're going to go back to getting that game experience right and then gradually refining and refining. I still think there's problems, you know, control interface, mouse and keyboard priority. Um, no one could hit a barn door with the. They had the multi crew. They featured the multi crew and the um, the guys in the the multi crew um, uh, turrets. Uh, they couldn't hit anything. You know, they, they, it was clearly choppy. You know, the the frame rate was choppy. Um, so they're really struggling to to do that. So that was you know. But but there's so much that you're you're looking at that you're actually going well. Okay, yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that. That that's interesting. You know, just walking out to the ship. And watching other people walking out to their ship, you know, it was very cool. You know, very cool stuff. Yeah, I'm quite excited about it and, and hoping that it will um, come out relatively uh, quickly yeah. from this point. Because I think, you know, the, the more games we've got to play, uh, there's there's room for it. Especially when, the, the you know, the, the, the dangers of playing Elite Dangerous every day is that you get sick of whatever it is you're doing. And then, mm. you know, to have other games you can jump to. We had Pulsar for a, week, a couple of weeks there, which was good fun. And we'll probably go back to that because it's just, it's the fun aspect. But having a... Yeah. A game where you can progress and you think, well, you know, I'm a bit tired of Elite this week. I'll jump on to Star Citizen. I'll jump on to the PlayStation, do No Man's Sky. I'll do... There's so many amazing things coming that the last thing we want to see is something as big as Star Citizen fail and disappear. That would be horrendous for the industry. It would be horrific for Kickstarter. And nobody, it, it would leave such a bitter taste in so many mouths that yeah. you just want it to succeed. Yeah, no, I agree. I think they've still got. I think they think they've still got some problems in that. Um, you know, I mean, they've talked about sort of reorganisation a little bit and what have you. 
I think they've specifically still got some problems in terms of um I, I you know i was i was much more encouraged by the language being about development and the not being you know i was encouraged by the fact they gave no deadlines you know that was a really really encouraging thing to me because they they just miss you know they really do just miss deadlines a lot of the time and i thought that was i thought that was good um but the there were still mixed messages going on a little bit where you had rhetoric from before. Some of the marketing rhetoric is still there. And that's that's still problematic. They've announced the referral scheme, and the referral scheme was like, it's all right, it's not bad, and actually I wouldn't I wouldn't have an issue with the referral scheme in itself. Um, if you if you get a friend and you encourage a friend to purchase the game using your ID code, you get some you get some, you know, some um, uh, some in-character cash or what have you. Now, that's okay. You know, it's not it's not going to be huge and it's not, not, not a massive deal. Um, but what was interesting to chat was just how many people, you know, when you're on a 20,000 people Twitch chat, suddenly everyone starts posting their game IDs, you know, to try and encourage people to buy the game, which was hilarious. You're just watching people spam their game IDs just all over the, the thing. Um, so that was, that was funny. But, the you know, the culture, I think the culture of um, uh, selling in-game items is still problematic. And the language associated with that, I think, still will give them issues uh in the in the i don't know if they had any choice in that regard because obviously they had to build from scratch you know they've had to build a essentially build a massive studio from from nothing but is problematic and they do appear to be being more cautious chris roberts is promising less which right he should promise less he should just mm. you know let 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 the stuff do the talking because that's it can um even though they need to give their own game a chance to impress people. And when they start doing that, actually, it will, you know, it will start to, to gain some genuine positivity amongst people who could be purchasers, not backers, purchasers, you know, people who are going to buy it when it comes out, because actually they need to start thinking about that audience. Um, because I don't think that, you know, uh, I don't think the rhetoric helps that audience. Um, the community rhetoric, the you know, um, rhetoric, is is slightly different. Why citizen is so interesting academically because there is this different way of talking to the two audiences, um, and you know, and and obviously those audiences can be people who you know sit in a room together. You know, one person I'll buy it when it comes out, one person I. So, you know, it's a very interesting um, dynamic. Fantastic. Well, I went and bought, I went and backed uh, Star Citizen about the same time as, as I backed Elite. Uh, and I must admit, it has been quite a difficult process to follow, in my yeah. opinion, because um, I really got turned off by the, you know, the, the flash um, style over substance yeah. um, approach that they, they seem to be having. And, you know, the adverts were pretty, and but maybe it was just me. I just didn't get hyped with them. Yeah, wallpaper, not walls. Yeah, and while all that was happening, Elite, the Elite Dangerous Alpha was coming along, and you could see the game take shape, and it was nice to see that game take mm. shape. 
but it was pretty obvious, or it felt like um, Star Citizen, all they were doing was saying, right, here's another advert, and by the way, we're putting in first person. And I'm there going, hang on a second, I, I wasn't interested in first person. I didn't back the game to do first person. Mm. And you- I, had that, I had that little bit of a problem. Mm. And I've left it alone. I made the mistake of saying that uh, on Massively, I made the comment that um, I didn't agree with the approach that they were doing about the, the first person. I would have preferred mm. to see the game. Uh, you know the the, mm. the spaceships first, and I got total for that. Yeah, and when you get that kind of, to- I mean, it wasn't nasty. It was just opinion. I'm, I'm not happy, even though I am a back- one of the original backers of the thing. I'm, mm. I'm not happy with it, I'm, but I'm happy to let it run because I I reckon it will come out eventually. Uh, but just that one thing of putting a flag up saying yes, but and you get hammered. <laughs> Yeah, it's quite surprising, really. I mean, my experience has been been strange. Um, you know, and I, I, I was doing a seminar this week. I've got another seminar on Thursday. I'm doing a seminar on digital identity, and that was one of the reasons why, actually, I spent a bit of time with Derek Smart, because Derek Smart's Twitter uh, is is just hilarious. It's, it's like sitting with somebody... Uh, you know, if you start a conversation with Derek, a genuinely polite conversation, which I did, if you start a conversation with Derek and you kind of get CC, you know, tagged into a couple of things, it's like sitting down together and on a bombing run and having <laughs> random having random planes turn up and, and basically just drop drop their load and then just fly off. Um, it was either that or, or would sort of thought that I was in some way some little child who had wandered across the road because the stranger, the nasty bad Derek Smart, had a bag of sweets for me, <laughs> and they were and they were trying to grab my hand and you know and take me away and you know you know come away from the stranger you know and and all the rest you know it, it was really really odd um, and that that sort of you know because he's been totally demonised and I you know I get Derek Smart okay we've discussed this before I bought Universal Combat. I bought Battlecruiser 3000. Um, I bought those visions and I got them home and I played them on my computer and I went, I don't get it. I can't, I can't, it's, it's too complicated. This, this doesn't work. You know, I understand. I knew what those things are. I know what Derek, I've read Derek's articles. You can see where the, you know, where the, the agendas are. I get it. All right. But if Derek by raising some points you know has kind of started a discourse an honest discourse not necessarily with the points that he's made or with the you know the articles that he's made but has then started other people actually feeling that there is a you know as a discourse to be had i think that's a you know critical discourse to be had i think that's good for star citizen actually you know it can be very very useful for them um similarly colin in terms of what you're saying about you know bad responses Mm. um it's 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 very interesting as to where they come from because my article's now on the something awful forums and the guys over there have been absolutely great you know the all of the people over there have been been fantastic in terms of you know reading it on its merits and stuff the comments on on um on blogger you know on on the on my website have been great you know and I've, i've really enjoyed interacting with them um i've had one uh, irritating thing happened this evening where I've just replied to somebody in a really nice, detailed way, and guess what? 
you know, my website ate it, so the reply's gone, which is, you know, so I have to do it again. But, um, you know, that's that's the worst thing that's happened. Whereas on Twitter, you know, I, I, the majority of the, the kind of um, we're past the watershed arsehole-ish behaviour has actually <laughs> come, you know, come by these, these sort of, you know, sort of fly-by-nights to sort of score a point or two and then, you know, then wander off. Um, which is, you know, that's, that's fine. You know, if that's, but actually the, the key here, and this is the thing I'm trying to do is to, to get us into having constructive critical discussions about this project Mm. and whether that's about, you know, if your take, because you're a backer, Colin, if that, if your take is want to know more about the game, you know, and I want to talk about the game as I like it or I don't like it, that's fine. You know, from my point of view, I'm kind of looking at it and going, well, actually, I'm I'm more interested in the project, you know, um, so professionally interested in the project and the way the project has been developed and so on. So, so yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, well, Grant, you, do you want to... <laughs> well, no, I was, I was, I was going to move us on and, and let Al oh, right, go and enough. rest his vocal cha- uh, oh. cords. Can you... Can you tell I'm starting to break up? The, uh, yeah, yeah, the voice is starting to break up. So, no, that's 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 fine. Um, you know, I, I I think that kind of gives people an overview. If they want to go and check the article, then if you if you do a Google search for Star Citizen Condition Red, then it'll it'll come up. Um, it's well, you know, uh, well worth just seeing. I think I'm, I'm not saying it's well worth a read. That's up to you to make a decision on. But just seeing the comments on the bottom. It's really good to see that there is a constructive discussion going on in those comments. And we'll we'll do, um, Noak and I hopefully will record later this week, we'll do a little special uh, follow-up as a small podcast to be released on the Live Radio site. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Alan. And uh, we'll let you go and hope you feel better uh, and you get your full voice powers back by your uh, interview. Thanks, folks. All right, you guys take care. Have a good night. Take care, Alan. See you later. Oh, well, Colin, um, do you want to finish your point you were about to make, or shall we get on to something? No, I, I think we'll move on. I mean, uh, Star Self, it, you know, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not down on the actual project. I, uh, I'm just surprised that it's taken so long. I'm just taken aback by the Flash, you know, um, yeah. style of a substance approach that I seem to be at this point. I mean, I've, I've seen the same thing that Alan has on, on uh, CitizenCon, and uh, to tell you the truth, that has really made progress. Because up till that point, it's just sort of, it seemed to be, oh, here's a new video, give us some more money. Here's a, here's a new video, give us some more money. But CitizenCon has put me, uh, sort of, calmed me down a bit, and sort of said, just, right, okay, I can, I can wait for this. It'll be good when it comes. It probably won't be, as, as Alan said, it probably won't be the, the big uh, $90 million game that they're on about because um, I do believe this, the, the, some of the stuff's been uh, well, it's been filtered off elsewhere but uh, I still think it'll be good enough and um, by filter, filtered off I mean uh, in, in all development projects mistakes are made <laughs> and that, <laughs> it's, and it's, that 
that's where some of the money will have gone. It's really funny how Star Citizen, talking about these things, you have to be very careful with the definitions of the words that you use and have to make sure that you're fully understood, that you're not saying any accusations of any kind. No, there's, there's no proof or there's certainly not been any evidence provided of any wrongdoing at this point. Just pure speculation. and Unfortunately, that is damaging enough in its own right. However, we are Lave Radio and we're going to go for a quick advert break and we'll be back to talk about Elite Dangerous and go through the newsletters and the dev updates and all those other bits and pieces that we normally do. Thank you for sticking around, people who are listening, and uh, we'll be back after these short messages. I could murder a cup of tea. Yorkshire gold, if you have it. Double Yorkshire gold. <laughs> and if you don't have it, you're dead. Lave Radio, broadcasting to every corner of the galaxy. Boy, did I pick the wrong time to alt-tab back to the game. <laughs> right, we're back, we are back, and it's back to the regular development news, where we had a little Meet the Team by Dale A. Masiri, is that right? How, you, how do you reckon you pronounce that one, Ben? Hello, Ben. Yeah, when Alan goes to bed, apparently everybody goes to bed. <laughs> it's a little bit like Bagpuss. <laughs> ben is a Grant. Meet the team, Dale L. Maz, um, no, Emazuri. He is the social media community manager. Yes. And there's a nice little article all about him that I have not read either because... Oh, right, okay. <laughs> no, I read it, and yes, he's a social media community manager, and he's there to sit on Facebook all day and all that kind of stuff, which is a very important job. Eh, Cracky, we do it for free. Oh. <laughs> we, well, well, no. we get paid for it. <laughs> if only. He's, yeah. a, um, he's a lucky guy. Well, if you want to, it's up there on the website, and I think it's on the community site as well, so if you want to go and read that and uh, see what uh, a social media community manager does and how he got into the game, then that article is up there, and uh, yeah. you're welcome to go and read it, but we'll get, try and get through the dev updates, because there's not been that particularly much in the way of news updates. Obviously, we had we a server issue last night that will probably make the newsletters at the end of this week, um, but it's just more information and more leaks about Horizon, like the skimmers. And that's mm. exciting. They look quite sexy. In fact, uh, I think it's in there as well. The planet reveal is all part and parcel of this. And it's just, yeah, Horizons oh. are shaping up to be something really, really exciting. I kind of pictured that planet reveal as basically David sort of standing over a dev's shoulder and just seeing what that dev was doing. And he's like, and I, I could just picture Dave, Dave squeeing about it and saying, "We have to get that up on his because it's not his private. It's not his private Facebook thing. Uh, not Facebook, YouTube, YouTube account. channel. So it's like not coming through any of the official frontier stuff. It's just like squee. <laughs> and I could just picture Ed and Zach and now Dale and Brett going, "Shit, what have David just got and done now?" <laughs> What's in that video? Has he shown anything? <laughs> Hang on, we won't be willing to release anything about bases. Oops. In, in release um. to these 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 um, skimmers uh, or Aye. or or the floating buggies as we might as well call them, just so that Frontier can say they're not buggies. Uh, <laughs> they're not buggies, yeah. that's for sure. We're in buggies. They're in skimmers. That's right, and they they look pretty droneish. Some of them, don't they? They do, especially the oh, the Guardian. Yes. No, the, go- no, the uh, Goliath. Goliath, sorry. Goliath, the Goliath. Yes, that's, the, that's the big one. Aye, that looks like a right nice co- quadcopter. 
So, you know, is there anything that you think is worth of note to particular scammers? I know these are going to be our, well, essentially what you're fighting against on the planet. Um, That's what it looks like, aye. Or do you reckon we'll be able to deploy skimmers as well? Well, no, that's the thing. I was, I was wondering about that because uh, you just wonder. I mean, the, the, it would seem an ideal thing to ha- to be able to do. You know, we've got limpet mines. I mean, these are all remote controlled. They don't have any pe- person in them. But um, yeah, it might be well. If you go on that, you could end up going down a kind of mini RTS route. And they do send a wee in the cockpit. So you might not get these, these kind of skimmers, but some, some of the, the port we might uh, run around in, they might have skimming technology. They might not just have wheels. That's what rockets on wheels, so, you know, maybe you can do some funky tricks and uh, skim your way across the surface. I'll tell you one thing that, that um, Reveal did do. It got me to install the, the original Battlezone 1 just to practice. Because I am still of the theory that we'll be driving about there and I'm there going thinking, this will be like Battlezone. Now, just as a point on this, I mean, skimmers and skirmishes and fighting on the planet are all all good and, and hunky-dory for those of us that enjoy PvP. And the planet reveal, which we might as well bring That sounds more PvE, that does. That's going against skimmers and things. Yeah, well, okay, PvE, but it's still, it's still fighty-fighty. Um, Aye. <laughs> And shooty shooty and bangy bangy and cry cry when you lose everything. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to think what's in that for your you know your pacifist explorer who frankly was just looking for somewhere to dip his toes into a nice pool. So well, you know, well they did announce uh, they did announce uh, wrecks and um, things like that. You know, so you won't always have a pirate base on a system, but there might be a point of interest which could be a, a wreck that you can. Um, recover items of or cargo from, or uh, basically salvage missions. But they have also said that some ships could carry the skimmers in the event of a crash landing. Ooh. Mm. Right. So that's, 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 a, that's a strange one, isn't it? I mean, I'm just thinking on the lines of what that video was it zoomed out and the planet got bigger and bigger. You're thinking... Oh my god, this is real. This is the, they're actually going. Oh my yes. god, you're actually going to be able to sort of go. I'm going to drive off in that direction and see how long it takes me to get to the other side back to circumnavigate. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, two days later, you're thinking, "Stop this for a game of switches." Bad enough. Shit, pick me up, Grant. When are we doing a, a real life convoy? Oh, around the planet. Aye. Oh, you, no, no, you nutters. I mean, Hutton was bad enough, but if anybody wants to go circumnavigating the globe by themselves, you're welcome. I'm Off you go. It could, it could be a, a sort of like a, a hook back to the old Jeff Crammond and stunt car racer. That would just be spectacular on a planet, you know? You're flying along racing and then somebody hits a wee small mountain and ends up going up into the sky and never being seen again and you just keep going around the planet it just oh there's so much fun potential these planet surface stuff I mean the the skimmers are stunning they look like something that's going to give you a bit of a headache it's been confirmed that not necessarily will you have to fight them with your your uh, the word's gone I'm nearly going to say buggy scarab the scarab yes no you know you know you can possibly have your friends and colleagues coming in in small airships like the Sidewinder and the Eagle to take them out from above and to clear the way for you. So it brings in wonderful team gameplay, which is, you know, awesome, fun. But I just think, you know, it does seem to be an awful lot of 
if that's the planet and there right at the top is this scene and I know that was just you know concept video which is stunning but it's going to be a bit poor to imagine that with the amount of life and variety on our planet which is just one that when you arrive at a rock there's only going to be one thing on it you know and that would be a shame that would make you feel very very empty and that's probably one of the things that David would want to avoid mm-hmm. happening where you feel that you're visiting a planet for one pirate base and one pirate base alone when frankly there could be thousands I think it depends on what, where and what that thing is because you know if for the sake of argument you're on like that look really cool that we're on yes um, keep your and I wouldn't be surprised not a potato yes you no, they said it. They said it was a potato-shaped asteroid, yeah, uh, so potato-shaped world. Yeah, potato-shaped planetoid or whatever. That looks. It's really small. I wouldn't be surprised if it did only have one base on it. Um, especially if it's like a, a pirate thing hidden away. The whole point of it is, it's like Hoth base in Star Wars. You know, you're deliberately hiding this thing away from everybody. In amongst it, and that—that's again, that—that's fine. The problem is when every rock becomes the same. Uh, I just got a message from Mr. Winner saying that the planets are based on my head. I told you, I'm not a potato. <laughs> Rub it already. Um, but it, yeah, it would be a shame for there not to be enough variance to make it feel real. And yeah, because that's one of oh. the things with the planetary landings of the past it was, oh you can land at this particular city because it's the only one that's got a starport and you're thinking, really? even now we've got more than one place where we fire things into space from <laughs> so, you know, surely you would be like, you know, you wouldn't come and land in Britain and go, yeah, I'm here for some Barbies and I want to try some of your shrimp and your Barbie and you go, actually, wrong side. <laughs> you know what I mean? You want that kind of, there should be different flavours and that's going to be a real challenge when we come to uh, air worlds, worlds and things where they're oh. going to have to almost uh, procedurally generate a planet surface based on position from the sun temperature climate and chemical bases and that's going to be spectacular but if they get it right you mean say we're going to have procedurally generated australians well exactly you know what i mean it's going to be it's, it's a challenge for sure but it's going to feel wrong if there's not a degree of that you know it's just ah uh, oh, for me it would be a case of I'd want to land at a different place on the same planet and have a different experience because the climate's different there and then travel around again and find another different experience and I would hate to be oh look there's Bruce again how did you get here there's my contact <laughs> from the last port god are you following me I would hate for that's, it to be stale that's that's ex-rebirth that is uh, that's the one problem that they've got to get over is that it did seem that if I played ex-rebirth for about 10 minutes and then watched every and then watched everybody else just really go into it and it, it's just like oh you sound extremely familiar to the person that was over there around the corner and this is supposed to be a, a, a galaxy wide thing and I, I hope that's a, I hope they avoid that little trap and I know and how I think that's one of the reasons be. why Frontier aren't doing voice acting and things like that yes you know, if we especially variance is going to be difficult Aye, especially now that we're getting this plan, uh, these facials and um, facial. Mm, yes, um, <laughs> especially now that we're getting characters in game that can be dynamically generated. Yes, mm-hmm. then they could turn into nice NPCs with and all procedurally generated 
um, NPCs, I which know. I think is really important. I want to land on slow and everyone to be short, fat, <laughs> little stumpy, little people that are squished by the sheer yeah by the sheer weight of it. And then you know you go to other planets where they're dead tall, and aloof, and they've got no. I would eyes love. I'd love that. Bright. That'd be so awesome. You know, it, that's the kind of diversity that you really want to see. It's like humans affected by environment in the true sense of it. You know, and oh yeah, and uh, Simon Winner suggesting that maybe I could do the accent for all the different places yeah. <laughs> they're all going to sound uh, Indian fortunately then um, where else have we go oh the community spotlight this week was uh, revealed and it was our good friend Senator Drew Wegar and uh, him accounting yeah. how he came into it was actually a really nice article that kind of really did, well a lot of us have been there with Drew from the start and it's kind of we've all had that similar experience but it was just lovely to see him getting the recognition for all his work as an author and of course mm. he recently wrote the article for the children of Raxla which was the sort mm-hmm. of continuation of elite reclamation um, as, a, as a number of player groups are wanting to adopt some of his characters and he finds that awesome and brilliant it is brilliant because it gives people a link or uh, something to own their own little hook to keep them playing and to play in different ways so I think that's all positive Oh I agree I mean the, the contribution that Drew's uh, Drew's made has been great uh, it's, it's one of these things that uh, he's one of these people that if he does post something you do you do want to listen to him Aye well, I think Grant that, so. only likes Grant only likes this interview, though, because basically Drew seems to be crediting Grant with absolutely everything the community ever does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is almost true, unfortunately. It's, it's not quite, but it is quite funny. It is, it's, you know, it's not so much that, it's just that I manage to shout loudest when I'm working with other people that do all the work, you know? It's like, look at this, look at this, it's wonderful. Oh, did you do it? Yes. Who's that person behind you jumping up and down? That's nobody, ignore them. They're nobody. Hi, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not come to hear us. Oh well. Hi, Alvin. Uh, so it's lots of interesting stuff in that. And these these community spotlights are, are really upping the 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 piece of which they're coming out, which is great. They're acknowledging more and more people that we've had the joy of being involved with and helping out in various projects and chatting to and interviewing a number of times about their various projects. It's and it's lovely to see them getting the, the recognition that they deserve from Frontier. And of course, if you can cast your mind back to that first community spotlight where they really did set the tone now who was that again oh yeah oh it was me no one important yeah it was me (laughs) I'm just keeping a diplomatic silence on this yeah have you had a community spotlight yet Colin because everyone else has had one no no I don't expect to have one oh (laughs) I'm not going to wind anymore I'm going to wind my neck back in (laughs) nice try not going to work (laughs) <laughs> One of the really amazing things to to happen the just recently, of course, last week was the Xbox One going full release, and there was a, a Reddit Ask Me Anything. Is that what AMA stands for? Yes, it is I. Thank goodness for that. I'm going to delete them. That but it was, I'll stick with Ask Me Anything. <laughs> uh, um, and I say on my arse. 
<laughs> Xbox or something. <laughs> so the nicest thing about the Xbox going live is that finally they can join in with our carry-ons. They can come and meet us up, and okay, they may not meet us in game, but they can fly alongside and be part of our convoys for Hutton Orbital, and they can be part of the little games, and they can be part of community goals finally, which is awesome. Now, Ben, you've kind of highlighted a number of questions that you thought were of interest. I so the most. Yeah, sure. So, Kashaf saying part of the game do you think is going to be the hardest to make? And Michael Brooks is saying that he thinks it's going to probably be the inhabited planet. And to be honest, I'm not at all surprised. I think Frontier are probably bricking themselves about doing exactly what Grant is wanting because I've got no doubt that they want that and more. But Christ, what a job that is. Yeah, we don't we don't want the frontier um, and uh, first encounters equivalent now, do we? Which is basically everybody going, "Oh, uh, welcome to our our starport," in a slightly brummy accent. It seemed the entire galaxy was populated by people from Birmingham. And why not? And <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not at all surprised by that. Then it's the it's the one thing though that when you when you look at it in the point of view of if you get it right your game is will be the best damn game ever. Yeah, it will be the space game that everybody will want to play until such times as Star Citizens is released. But <laughs> it, that's the thing though that I mean these are the, the, the this, it's a massive massive undertaking to get it right, and ultimately oh, that's that's where it hurts because it's disproportionate. You could have the most beautiful looking planet and the person jumps to the next planet and it's too similar and all that hard work and just to get, you know, the variance can be seemingly undone in two jumps, you know, it's yeah. so I yeah. wish them all the best of luck with that. But uh, and, and of course on the Xbox as well, I don't think there's any game of elite's magnitude. I might be speaking out of turn, but uh, I think no. the closest that you're going to get is No Man's Sky when it comes out on the PS four. Uh, yes. And uh, yeah, that's that's going to be the main competitor, I suppose, uh, to Elite um, on the consoles. Uh, uh, I don't see Star Citizen. Well, they said that Star Citizen is going to be a PC only game, but uh, there were plans for uh, a PS4 version of uh, Elite Dangerous, so that'll be interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, well, so much, there's so much. Yeah, no, yeah. We're, suspect, we're suspecting that, but I don't know if there's plans of it. I think. No, no, well, Ryan, did you not tell was... me that you'd heard that it was going to be out of time for Christmas? I'm lying. I am <laughs> totally lying. <I'm> just... <laughs> but yeah, that, that's something that was definitely planned was a PS4 version, which again, um, I can't own it on every console. That just is going to be. Ridiculous. Oh, no, of course you can't, Grant. Oh. I, right, I know so... what you like. Back to you, Jimmy, he's going. Yes. So, is there a, uh, Mr. Silk uh, 13642 says, is there a system space with zero population? I'm talking about an Easter egg system that only explorers could ever find. And again, Michael Brooks is saying, there are a few, um, and there will be more as we expand. There are also plans for some mysterious colonies. Mmm. Mmm. That could be interesting. Um, uh, unusually topical, no, unusually typical, sorry, is saying... What feature, what Horizons feature, other than the, other than the landings themselves, are you most excited about, and why? So this has got a few answers from uh, from Frontier. Uh, Jim S, who's the senior de- designer for the Xbox, if I remember correctly, 
was saying, for me, I'm really looking forward to the ship launch fighters. Having worked, worked on CQC, uh, the fighters are really great fun to fly, so it'll be interesting to see how they cope with going up against a much bigger ship. Is that Jim basically confirming that we will be able to fly a Condor or launch a Condor from our Anaconda, say? I think it's an... Uh, it's it's uh, a suggestion. We all, sus- we all suspect it. Uh, hmm. You call that a confirmation? It, it certainly sounds like a confirmation to me. Well, it definitely sounds... Either that, or they're going to allow Anacondas into CQC. <laughs> that no. would be funny as hell. <laughs> Actually, something that I thought about was CQC. We're going to tangent here, so everyone strap in. Never. We're going on a tangent. Um, was different game modes that you could have in CQC, like Beat the Anaconda, where you've got a team of uh, different, you know, maybe seven players versus one person in an Anaconda, and if you just no, but the can Anaconda, I can I um, can I correct that? Yes, a squad. In one anaconda. So you've got one guy flying it and other guys on different turrets or whatever when we get the multi-crew ships. Oh, right, yes. That could be uh, equally That could fun. be a lot of fun. That could be a lot of fun. I'm thinking about more the difficulty that an anaconda would have with a condor I, flying I, up its backside and uh, taking I, I it think from four, the outside. I think four condors could be difficult to deal with. So you've got four condors and four people in the condor. In the ca- yeah yeah the key that that just almost hurts Ben that almost hurt to keep up with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so uh, let's have a look again. We've got Craig F, uh, who is a core programmer, attempting to see. Okay, so I've missed the question, isn't it? It's Jim S. It's the same. It's a, It's responding to the most excited features in Horizon. I see. See, if I could read it, would be awesome, wouldn't it? So Craig F is saying that his most excited about is bobbleheads. But actually. But actually, he's kidding us on. It's not just bobbleheads. He is looking forward to the Commander Creator because he loves to put makeup on. Something along those lines, is it? I can be an awesome, tough female <laughs> pilot. Yeah, it's all about putting them in the makeup. But yes, I think, you know, that's exciting because I think one of the things my kids love in The Sims is this, they spend hours designing their characters' looks before they even play the ah. game. And that seems to give people a wealth of fun. And I think, you know, get it right and it is awesome. I'm the same in Skyrim or Fall Things that as well. Um, you know, I just spend forever doing that. Um, I wasn't so convinced about the way Grand Theft Auto Online did it with your mummy and your pappy and things. But yeah, yeah. Well, 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 I liked the idea of what they were going with, but no. What are you doing to me? Sorry, um, Commander Remclep is just repeatedly jumping up and down on my my ship. Yeah, well, we've got Gary R from Mm. Frontier, who is the senior producer of Xbox One. Uh, He is desperate for multi-crew, and Michael Brooks himself is excited to find how on the myth of finding things on the planet. That's something that gives me a little bit of concern. 
If okay. Michael Brooks doesn't know how that method's going to work and he's excited to find out when he's meant to be damn well doing it, <laughs> that just gives me a slight think of, okay, if you, if you don't know, that's kind of like the lost producers saying that they're not really sure how the series is going to end because, frankly, they've got so lost in their own scripts they don't know. And that's not saying he doesn't know about it. It's the same thing that he's most excited about. Yeah, so he, he can know exactly about it. But he's looking excited. So if he's excited about it, then maybe that's the slant we should put on it. If he's excited about it, it must be awesome. Yes. <laughs> um, hasn't, hasn't he already said something? He did, yeah. I think he, he did, he was the first one. He got all uh, Boss is asking, whilst it may not exactly be your area, can we expect more destructible elements making it into the main game? And Michael again goes into quite a nice little detailed answer, saying, it's something we'd like to add more of. The first focus is adding support for locations like CQC arenas to the game, so we can have places like shipyards and ship grids to people to visit for destruction. Oh, no, he didn't say that, did he? He he did say ship graveyards. (laughs) Yes, I've got that nicely highlighted in our show notes, because there's a certain ship graveyard that I've been bing for. Oh. Ever since Alpha, would you be yeah, happy to be blown wheel, out? I think. Yeah, would you be happy to be blown to smithereens in the Tianisa uh, graveyard by your oh. fellow Lave Radio crew? Oh, I, I, I just hope that Commander Selazen is at Tianisa. To be honest, he's an NPC there or something. Go on, let's, let's, let's go. Let's, let's try because it's Tion Tion Isla Isla Tion Tion Isla. I thought it was Tion Isla, but it might be Tion Isla. But you know, given my pronunciation. Probably not. This is probably one of the same to some to get <laughs> pronunciation right. Yes. Oh, yep, yeah, I've just crashed into a massive star. <laughs> Whoopsies! Whoopsie! Burn up my anaconda. Um, oh no, Grant Stanifoza. Yeah, so um, then we move on to a YouTube video that was put up with an overview of the networking and how it works in Elite Dangerous and. Mm. It kind of casts a doubt over there ever being an offline mode. Would that be fair? Well, yeah. I mean, as a techie myself, who who, who likes to who does all some of this stuff uh, and with restful services and things like that, it, I found it fascinating to see how they'd actually put it together. Of course, it didn't go into any of their trade secrets, but it did show how the the need and demand, uh, you know, how much strain. Is put on those servers and what what they're used for, and I'm there th- and I was there thinking, well, how the heck are they going to get all that kind of rich detail into a, a, a uh, into an add-on for the game? If you if for instance the game is sunset and they say, right here's the galaxy, I'm j- I was just boggled by the amount of uh, yes, but you're not going to need ninety percent of it. Yeah, no, but the amount, of, the amount of database work that was in there was phenomenal. Yes, but all of that is basically... Tr- half the problem that they're de- dealing with there is because I'm talking to you, talking to Grant, talking to Simon over in America. And that's the problem that they're having, and that's the problem that the AWS stuff helps scale up. If I'm just talking to myself, then we could have a NoSQL database sitting on our local server, pretending to be a server... And we just talk to that, and that's all we ever talk to. We don't care about any scaling. Mm. Uh, I mean, I'm probably majorly oversimplifying. Yeah, it's just sort of... 
it's a great I'm video for for those people who have been you know hypercritical of the PvP architecture to get a real feel of how it actually works and and kind of rather than a lot of times we talk about we don't know quite how it works and we don't know quite how this is done um, so we can only guess that this is why this doesn't work and now they've come out with this little video to give us a rough idea of how it actually is working and you know if you want to to have a look at that is that on the ED YouTube page. Uh, it's I not don't actually. think it's on, it's on yeah. the Amazon one, isn't it? Yeah, Amazon it, web services. It, yeah, so there was a, a conference on on Amazon showing off their other web services, and of course, because uh, a lot of the Amazon cloud is used in Elite Dangerous, that's where they were able to show it off. That's right. Yes. Yeah, that's quite. But it is, it's basically fifty minutes of very techy stuff. But if you're a techie, then it's awesome. Oh yeah, I mean, if, if for me it was one of those things where um, I was seeing a magician how it does its tricks, how it does its tricks, and I was there thinking, oh, so that's how they've done it. Ah, I see. Yeah, and and then we had uh, we're moving on from that where we had the server failure on Sunday night, which was a bit of a shocker for everybody, um, <laughs> and uh, it was down for about an hour and a half. Now, for whatever reason, I don't know quite what I was doing on Sunday night that I totally and utterly missed this, but I did see an awful lot of the. Modes <laughs> I missed it as well. And oh God, you're the um, yeah. I was I was playing Prison Architect. I have to admit. <laughs> the first no. complaint about missing an offline mode was four minutes after it went down. <laughs> oh God, yes, I, I was there. Um, I just, I've just managed to get it. I thought, all right, now I'll, I'll, I'll just settle down. And I'll, I'll be a play for an hour or so and then lo and behold there was the, the the red light of doom and the launcher and I thought oh what's going on here so of course I go onto the forums and sure enough find out it's offline and sure enough about four minutes after uh, after they'd made the announcement it's gone offline and the people saying oh this is why they needed the, the offline mode and blah 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 and they're going it's an online game if a server goes down you might have the peer-to-peer stuff, but as we found out in the previous one, it's even the peer-to-peer needs to talk to a server occasionally. And without those servers, the game ain't going to work. And all MMOs have this issue. If the server's not there, all you've got is a, is a very fat client, which does I, bug all. You know what? I, I'm going to say this because I've played a number of MMOs, and one thing that has not occurred with Elite Dangerous and they need to be heralded for this is every other MMO you sit up on your, you know, you're thinking, ah, oh, it's the weekend, I've not got work, I'm going to spend a couple hours bringing my character in so you log into your World of Warcraft you log into your whatever particular game you you play MMOs with and the first thing you see is server down for maintenance because it's the wrong time on a Sunday and the server's always down on a Sunday to do this maintenance and tidy up operations we don't get that with Elite, do we? I've never ever seen a sort of scheduled weekly. Very rarely, isn't there something that happens on Thursday mornings? Yeah, I think they've scheduled it right so that because the most time that people have to play the game is on on a is on a on a night and on on, on at the weekend. And you would have thought if that's when your demand's high, you don't do a maintenance cycle then. Okay, so I'm completely talking to Mars, which is not the first time. So completely wrong, and you know all that heralding I just did for ED, I renounce and retract. It, I don't think it lasts very long. No. Um, but one thing which I think certainly think about all the MMOs I've played in the past, especially when they've launched, we've been lucky if we've been play, able to play the game within the first two weeks of launch. Mm. The queues. Yeah, I rem- well, the queues. I, I remember. 
at World of Warcraft when it was first released, you were lucky if you were able to play three days out of seven. <laughs> um, you know, and there was a while where we... You know, I think I ended up getting over a month of days refunded just because they kept having screw-ups. Mm. I mean, I, I, obviously, you know, I have never tried to play Elite Dangerous on a Thursday morning during the server <laughs> maintenance. I genuinely was thinking, they just never do it. I've never seen it. And yeah, sure enough, between 8 and 9 for what, 10, 20 minutes, they're saying 20, 30 minutes. Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but it's not long. So that's okay. I, I retract that statement and we shall move on. Let's, <laughs> Let's move on to shipskins because they look pretty. Well, this one goes out. This is dedicated. This next section is dedicated to Mindwipe, who every week every time is on TeamSpeak says have they told us who won the skins competition yet and today <laughs> we can confirm that they're up although you may well be saying my skins are better than those um, <laughs> I'm not sure I wouldn't say that about him no. not desperate to win much never so Colin take us through and if you can in your your best radio skills describe these skins for us in a way that people who have not seen them will have that mental image perfect otherwise we'll get yeah. complaints this, this is great for radio isn't it yeah, yeah. okay we, we start off with you <laughs> oh, thanks we start off with the blackjack viper skin by commander sephiros which is basically two primary colors uh, blood red and uh, it's a flying black. ladybird it's lovely no, it's not a flying ladybird. It's not spots, it's stripes. It's a confused flying ladybird. What ladybirds are around yours? Near Chernobyl or something? <laughs> Bloody it's, hell. It kind of makes it look like a red Power Rangers helmet. There you go, that's a fantastic description. Yeah, it's quite a nice one. And then we have the Chevron by Strife, which is a very apt name. It does look like what you'd expect to see in a sharp bend. Yeah, I was thinking Traffic Corner Anaconda. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, I originally thought Bumblebee, but, um, yes, it's very yellow, grey. Uh, well, I think it'd be better for black, don't you? Um, it, gives off the, it gives off better detail, I think. Mm, um, maybe. Uh, if, it, if it was all black, it would just... Um, it would kind of... There'd be too much, if you see what I mean. Yeah. It's a beautiful. It's a, I don't, I'm not kidding that skin. Actually, the, the next skin is one that is actually much more appealing oh, to me. It does look like uh, Transformer porn. I love <laughs> this skin. This is Flash, which was done by Bartecki, and it's for a, it's for a vulture, isn't it? Yes, it's for a vulture. Yes. Uh, again, black. Uh, this seems to be quite popular. Black and black red. And red. Yeah, with some yellow. Uh, with with a, with a little, little yellow stripe, uh, and yes, it looks very striking and uh, very intimidating. I'd say if you saw one of these coming at you, you would you definitely go right. I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I adore that skin. It looks so awesome. It's got that real kind of polish. That's that. That's how you know you'd go down the showroom and you'd go, oh, oh, oh I want that one. And then we have an arrowhead by Commander Letorus, and it's the asp. And it kind oh. of looks like a modernist, a modernised version of the fleur de lis, the scout symbol. So maybe, maybe Commander mm. Letterus is a scout at heart. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not 
really, I mean, the, the Asp is one of my favourite ships, and I'm, I'm not really taken with that one. I mean, it's just my personal opinion, uh, but uh, it, it's a simple design, it does work, it's just not my taste. Yeah, and then... Oh, yes. I think we have to agree, this is the, the cream of the crop. Um, it's stunning. I, I don't like it that much. No? No, oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but if that you know, I, if you were able to customize your ship, you would create your logo in such a way like that, and then stamp it on your ship like this Medusa head is. You would be chuffed to fly that thing if you were proud it's of your. It's too busy for my for for my for my take. Really? It looks awesome, but it's too busy. <laughs> Are you saying that if this if was in bright yellow and bright green and bright red, that that could be oh, very Christ, LED? I'd have a hangover. <laughs> That's LED. Oh. <laughs> That's by uh, Paul Raymond, and that is an awesome job, Paul. Uh, all of them are, you know, very pretty designs. I've seen some shockers from people sharing them on <laughs> Facebook, and I've seen some that w- there was a particular one of the anaconda, which was all black and red triangles, and it looked epic as well so it's a shame it didn't win but maybe they'll do another competition and we'll get a chance to get some more skins in because if you've got that kind of wealth of talent in the community we need to tap it more you know another, yeah, well, another flash version of it, or we could get a version of flash on the anaconda that would be just epic just just as long as we avoid the one that that was had too much pink and purple in it let's yes. just well, leave it at that by any chance but let's just I think you don't like that. Let's move on. I think yeah. I've seen. I've seen. I like the cobra pair of pants. That that amused me. Wide fronts. Um, but you know, we, it's time to move on. We did have uh, the Star Citizen chat to be part of our main discussion, but with Alan wanting to get off early, then uh, we decided to shift it to the beginning of the show. So if you've missed that, uh, you can listen back to it once we get this podcast out. The next thing we wanted to talk about as part of our main discussion was, of course, the unknown artefact has been deciphered, or at least been kind of deciphered to a degree where last night on Hutton Orbital Radio we dubbed it the space selfie stick because that's (laughs) kind of what it's doing, but that begs another question. So, quickly, um, Colin, uh, if you want to run down what was revealed about the unknown artefact? Well... Everybody has been really confused about what the heck these signals have been. And everyone has tried a whole load of different um, connotations and, and number crunching until someone worked out that what happens if you take all this data we've got and translate it into a graph format. Uh, and it, I'm, very, I'm simplifying that incredibly because the amount of work these guys did was, was astonishing. Um, and they went, okay, we've, we've worked out that these things work in pairs. What happens if I plot a graph using these pairs? And lo and behold, it came out as a vulture. And everyone just took a step back and went, oh, what? the fudge is that why would alien artifacts be transmitting something that looks like the schematic of a vulture yeah and more to the point why are they transmitting it using earth letters and morse code <laughs> yeah well there's another thing eh? it's one of these it's one of these little puzzles that when someone was listening you kind of go that's amazing however we'd like you to talk to this doctor because <laughs> I thought of that is is beyond any scopes of the normal mind, so 
please, you know, have a sit down, just, you know, have a wee cup of tea, you calm. Right. <laughs> How did you figure that one out? But it's, <laughs> the, 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 obviously, the, you, now we know that it's taking pictures and, and scanning data of our ships. Uh, the question really does remain, who's it sending it to? Dun, dun, dun. That's, well, that's the thing, isn't it? That's the next mystery that's got to be resolved, is, um, no. you know... No. Now, um, we're going to have to go with the good old um, meme that's quite popular in this, or the guy with that looks like a, a Centauri from Babylon 5 going, Thargoids. <laughs> what, makes me, what makes me giggle is we should try and bring them all and put them outside uh, one of the new, sort of new, new players' spawning systems, and we should just leave them all there so that the data they'll get back is completely utter rubbish. <laughs> so they'll think that we're all absolutely rotten at flying, and then if they do decide to invade, they'll be met with a very strong resistance. So I think maybe we need to use these against them. Well, that's that's a very interesting hypothesis, and it does feel like these things are definitely an intelligence gathering. And um, Mr. Brooks has said, yep, that's it. Uh, contact Zach, and, Zach and, and company community team for your prize, and everyone just went... Ooh, what's happening now? We're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yes. Anybody, on, yeah, anybody no, looking at the flying saucer type yeah. ships? <laughs> what, certain octagonal ships? Yeah, certain octan- yes. octagonal yeah. ships with big green octagonal, lasers. Octagonal, sorry, not orthogonal, yeah. Fantastic. Green lasers, yes. <laughs> yes. I've just realised that I've lost track of the system that I started off in, and it was trying to do this particular thing. There was... Um, a chat in TeamSpeak actually with one of the players in, of the game of Elite uh, I'll reserve to keep his his identity secret for the time being but he was alleging that he was able to take missions uh, in the Elite game and stack them all up not in the same way as jumping modes and stacking it all up but actually just picking up countless smuggling missions and each one of them being around about sort of a million to two million to three million credits and they were all maybe ten or six seven eight nine jumps away from the station and then maybe one or two jumps for each different location so he would just grab them all take the jumps and off he goes and he was making you know 40 odd million in an evening without really stretching himself and the fines that he's getting for the illegal goods is small enough that it doesn't even factor in and he's found it as this amazing way of making credits quickly so I've made my way out to the the system um, but I've now completely and utterly forgotten what that system was called (laughs) and uh, when I went there sure enough I picked up a smuggling mission for 1.7 million and I've gone out and delivered that and another little smuggling mission for about 400,000 credits. And again, I managed to get about the best part of 30,000 credits and fines. So there's definitely some merit in it. And I think the, the key factor in it was that if your trade ranking is high enough, if it's entrepreneur, then you will be able to get these at a really high level and it will help your ranking, it will help your uh, your 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 money for a start and your trade rank will shoot up as well so there are ways of making credits and I can confirm that it was that but isn't it near Sothis though? Sothis apparently is one of the stations that does give out these particular 
um, massive uh, mission payouts, which is, again, it's something that may well be balanced, but I'm not quite sure what the risks are, uh, having not explored it too deeply yet. Um, and damn it, why, why, why did I not memorize this damn thing around? I've written down at Cena, and then I've arrived at Cena and realised, no... That's the mission drop-off, you flipping muppet. You've picked the wrong one. So that's me lost. But I, I just wanted to sort of, you know, raise to commanders that there are ways of uh, making credits legitimately and quickly. Um, however, tonight, some organisations have moved in to blockade. That's the system to stop you from making your money. Um, what I'll do is I will re-find out the system's name and give you uh, all a, a shout at it, it oh, I can't believe I've fl- flipping forgotten it already <laughs> people in the stream people watching you saw me there right at the beginning where was I? <laughs> Grant that, that's not a good thing to be saying that, that's worse than going up the stairs and going what was I up here for? <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then you wet yourself because you couldn't remember that you needed a wee. Well, and as usual, Ben takes it that one bit too far. <laughs> no, we'll go. We'll go back to our script. And we had another topic which might actually keep for next week, but we were going to talk about well, you know, does playing beta versions and alpha versions and pre-release candidates of a game does it take the magic away from the final release? And I think it's a topic that could do with you know, well, in fact, let's 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 leave that one for next week and give people an opportunity to write in and email us at. Uh, <laughs> at um, info at laveradio.com that's that, info at laveradio.com it doesn't go to Hatton Orbital then it's not no. I took part no okay so it's info <laughs> at laveradio.com I can hear Mike Snoswell turning over in his seat um, <laughs> and if you could email us in games where you know you have the experience of the beta or the alpha or the pre-release version just you know taking the shine off that final release for example I mean personally for me it was Pulsar and the pre-release made me hate the game and it's only through the opportunity of showing someone else how rubbish it was that I found out that I was completely wrong and had missed out on the development of a pretty good game and with Elite we can have a long conversation about each of our experiences of, of that from being at the beginning as well and how it's maybe tainted some aspects of the game or not but we'll save it for next week and if you want to get in touch and give us your experiences of betas and whatever games you've been involved in and let us know whether you found that it did ruin your enjoyment of the final release, maybe it you walked away and never went back maybe you should go back this week before next week before (laughs) next Tuesday go back to that game open it up give it a play and see if the beta made you run when you should have stuck around and let us know and that'll be awesome and we'll put that up as our topic for next week that'll be brilliant I think that's fair to sort of unless something else comes up Unless something amazing or excellent, because it just gives us an opportunity to move down to Community Corner, where we have a number of questions and things to chat about from this week, which are being awesome and deserve the sort of last 10-15 minutes that we've got of tonight's show. Um, So, firstly, Commander Commodore set out in his Eagle-class ship to travel to the core of the galaxy. And it's taken him (laughs) 10 months months. to make the round trip. (laughs) And he didn't dock at any ports. I <laughs> know. 
<laughs> he doesn't dock at any seaport, and he's back. Where is he? He has docked now, hasn't he? Oh, he has oh yeah, he, he's welcome <laughs> back. He's been, he's been mentioned in the Galnet, and I completely forgot about this guy until uh, until just now. And fair play to him. I mean, he's bad enough going to the centre of the galaxy and going for a tour around there in an asp, but an eagle? Wow. <laughs> Must be That's mad. Off to you. <laughs> I wonder if he could plot out all the systems that he went to, whether he drew something interesting. <laughs> you know, 3,900 systems. You will give people ideas now. <laughs> I think some people have actually done that, haven't they? Oh, yeah. And you can write words in the sky. It'd be awesome. 3,900 <laughs> systems. Like, I did 30, 30 systems and I'm bored. And, you know, I find uh, exploring and scanning just. Oh, I find it quite oh. relaxing, actually. I mean, when I went out to to try space and find fishing, you like space fishing, don't you? No, I don't like space fishing. I like a good shoot at shoot at other people as much as the next person. But I must admit, when I was out there, it was it was that sense of discovery when you actually came across a system that had been undiscovered, and you suddenly realised you were the first person to actually see what this game could generate for this. That was a fantastic feeling. And and getting your name put up against it when you got home, that was even better. The only time I ever see my name against the system is when it says, you're not allowed here. Or, uh, in top five wanted. Top five wanted, <laughs> yes. Um, yes, and, and our next uh, little section here is actually another, another heralding for frontier community support, and uh, rightly so, that it's important that as much as we can call it out when they get things wrong, we need to be able to shout out loud as well, equally as loud when they do something right. And on the community, Elite Dangerous Community Facebook page, uh, one of uh, their customers, one of our fellow commanders, had been on a three-month exploration journey, so I reckon that's going to be around about 1,300 systems that he's looked based on Commodore Commander Commodore um, so he had a glitch and dropped right next to a neutron star which melted his ship they submitted oh. a support ticket and they got a response that uh, said that um, sorry to see what's happened to your commander and unfortunately your exploration data is lost as soon as the commander dies and due to the size of these records, it's not possible to retain a backup to restore. I think Simon Winner had something similar. However, mm-hmm, the exact value of your data was logged at 41 million credits, including the ship rebuy. Your loss was 41.7 million credits. And this money has been returned to your account. And that's, um, that's awesome. And they've also increased the Explorer rank as if those credits worth of data had been sold. Congratulations, that is absolutely amazing. Bravo, Frontier. So he managed to get up to Pathfinder. without that. And I think you know that's one of the things that definitely hurts people when the game crashes and you lose what you shouldn't oh. lose. And it's wonderful to see that they've investigated that situation fully and really done the best that they could. I must admit, yeah, when you get one of those those kind of crashes, it does break your heart when you suddenly realise that's so much lost. It's it's frightening, isn't it? <laughs> it's it really it really is. I mean, similar something similar happened to Simon and its Commander Winard. Yes, and Mindwipe saying something similar happened to him. I mean, it has happened to a bunch of people, unfortunately. 
Now, I'm, I'm looking at the next questions because the next question we're going to chat about was the, the great mug convoy with Hutton Truckers and Ian Honcharenko asked a question that kind of plays into that discussion. Yes. So I think we'll jump down to Stu Barbs and this is probably not a great question for us at all so we'll maybe put that one over till next week. He's asking how we all got together and how Lave Radio was born and that's probably a question best put to the original four, uh, Chris Jarvis, Chris Forrester, uh, John Stabler and Alan Stroud um, but the answer really uh, they did cover at the original LaveCon and I think they've covered it at this sort of follow up ones but with regards to us we all got involved in various different Lave Radio projects the Conclaves and Retro Lave something that's been apparently restarting for about the past year yeah, we're, we're <laughs> intending to go back to those. So we were all part of that. And then when Lave Radio wanted to kind of expand the group of presenters, they invited us in and have regretted it ever since. So tough. I'm not talking to Stu here because he's saying, can you explain how you guys, the core team, I'm sorry, but you know, the core team, who, who is it who's doing these shows week in, week out at the moment? Yeah, I'm not wanting to say that the old-timers are getting past it or anything, but, you know, well, yeah, week in, week medi- out, yeah. it's... it's <laughs> their medication's <laughs> not what it used to be, and unfortunately they're running low on rubber pants to keep them in the orange sideways <laughs> long enough to carry out a full show. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that next week Fozza will make me regret poking fun at him. But yes, um, they, they, it's a question we will pass on to them, and we'll either get a statement, or, or Fozza will be able to best explain it because Fossa isn't actually one of the original original Lave no. Radio team members. He was brought in when uh, one of the originals dropped out so this yeah, quite There is a top story. secret never ever 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 to even be stored anywhere episode zero yeah. isn't there? They won't even Which, let us hear it. No. Uh, apparently it is very bad. Can't imagine that. I mean, I think it was the nice one. There's no us here at the moment. How can it be much worse? <laughs> you know, a blouse. I'm in charge. Aha. So the uh, great. We'll move back onto the great mug convoy. The yay! Truckers. And we've got eight minutes to deal with this, Mike. Uh, Mike Grant. Okay. Well, we can do that very quickly. What was the great mug convoy, Ben? It was going from somewhere to somewhere with mugs and pirates and yar. Fantastic. That's that covered. Right, catching it? No, <laughs> right. not, not at all. <laughs> we put a ton, the Hutton Orbital Truckers, we put a ton of work into this. This was a planned convoy from the minute that the Hutton Mug community goal finished. We knew that the next thing we wanted to do was a convoy from Hutton Orbital with the mugs 160 light years out. But we wanted to try and create a, a reason for doing that, and that was that the mugs needed to be tested for safety reasons. They might have been, excuse me, slightly radioactive, and so we needed to find an outpost in the middle of somewhere, a scientific outpost capable of testing these mugs for safety. And as a result, we put a competition out to find the route, and the winner who picked the route, I don't have their name here, but they were picked and their route was stunning, it was dangerous and we published this very quietly in a nice classified document for everybody who was going to be part of it to take part so we started at Ross 154 and we made our way out to Maypore Chaviano Gateway and along the way we hit non-scoopable stars for periods of it we had the fuel rat set up to meet us at a refueling point which was at Forculus and uh, sadly the pirates knew this 
And in fact, dun, dun, dun. Operation Jam Jar was to send four, four ships ahead, one jump ahead of us, disguised as traders when they were fully armed and reinforced ships to try and find the pirates first and give us fair warning. And that worked very well. We did lose a number of ships. The pirates were in force. They robbed a number of our commanders. Flossie attempted to move two large stars with her ship. <laughs> and didn't make it we had this one's great because I'm not sure if Dobbo's listening but Dobbo who dropped his cargo uh, to a pirate and then wondered why he was still shooting at him and then realised it was an NPC and I was in hysterics because it's just so funny (laughs) that he dropped his cargo oh brilliant oh dearie me but to be honest he dropped his decoy cargo and that was the kind of game oh sneaky so this thing had the sense of danger had the sense of of uh, excitement that you know we arrived in a system and we started sending the message out to our wing leaders. We had over forty seven wing leaders and temp- team speak, so they got told the next jump destination. They then relayed that down to their team members and their wing members, and then we synchronised it on a two minute timer. Everybody jump! We'd arrive, and if you arrived first in a system, the first thing you did was crap your pants as all these contacts started shooting in on your scanner. And we're counting upwards of 25 commanders in the sessions. The instancing was probably the best it's been. There was no lag. It was epic. And when the battles broke out and the pirates came in, you saw ships going hell for leather. We all started jumping again. Boom, boom, boom. Which leads us nicely in. We've got four minutes left into PvP, Grant. So... With that said, Ian Honkarenko <laughs> says that he, uh, after the last weeks where we have been doing a lot of this top end of the PvP experience in the main game, what do we think can be done to break the dominance of lasers and shield boosters cell banks that we currently see in the game? Now, I had a discussion on this, and I'll come to you in a second, Ben, because one of the things that I did in the Code versus Hutton truckers battle was I loaded my ship up with hull reinforcements, and it made a significant difference to it. So my shields would go down in about 10 minutes, but you could guarantee my shields would be back up before my hull was 0%, no matter what. And that was awesome, but that was heavily, heavily weighted. Now, you could then do the same with your shield cell banks and shield boosters to the point where your shields are very, very difficult to bring down, and it gives you an unfair advantage. In the particular code versus truckers battle, a lot of the vi- the, the, the vipers would shoot off into the distance, hammering and spamming their cell banks to lure ships out, and then their wing would move in and destroy the following ships, and a tactic that was spectacular to see happen and unravel. Brilliant stuff. But it does lead to the question that the shield boosters give a very strong advantage, sorry, the cell banks give a very strong advantage to these ships when used correctly. And the question is, should you be able to stack these items? And I think to break the dominance of these cell banks, the shield boosters and the hull enforcements, in other games where you have similar modules and you fit two of them, the first one gives you the 100% boost and the next one gives you a 50% boost. If you then fit a third one, it only gives you a 25% boost and so on until you know, you've got to the stage where your money's wasted on that upgrade because the percentage you're getting in, of improvement is negligible. And maybe that's a system, but you know, what would you think, Ben? You're basically saying exactly what I'm I'm tempted to go with. I don't think that we should force people to only have one, but I do think that they should basically 
shield cell boosters, no, shield cell banks, isn't it? Yes. The things that recharge your shields. Mm. And hull, uh, the hull reinforcement should all basically trend towards zero the more you add. Um, and I think that... W- I don't know what the downsides are, and Frontier obviously have these figures and can run them far better than us because they actually know what's going off. But something like that would probably make sense to me. Uh, another thing that I'd be tempted to do would only allow people to be carrying one chaff launcher because we've seen a lot of times when it's like chaff, new fire group, chaff, new fire group, chaff. So that basically they're always spamming chaff. Now, chaff's not such a big deal because you can untarget them if you've got gimbals and and manually shoot or you're just get fixed weapons. Mm-hmm. But I think they were coming into an issue of combat ships being able to basically out... Because they're dedicated combat ships, they can put in all these things that a generic ship can't handle. Yeah. And you just you won't have room for anything else. Well, so. I, I, I've got something a bit more controversial than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking that maybe we need, along these lines, is the option to have a kind of weapon like the Ion Cannon in Star Wars, which bypasses shields and just does internal damage to the ship. It doesn't do any hull damage. Module it damage. Knocks, yeah, it does. Yeah. It stuns modules. It doesn't do any other damage apart from that. And I think that would be a fantastic idea if you had one person with one of these uh, ion cannons or stunning cannons and the other two people um, or your wingmates have got normal lasers. At that point, you could stun uh, someone who's got all these tons and tons of shield banks and your wingmates could then take advantage of that to take down someone who's overrated like that. Just my opinion. Okay. I would like that, yes. I think that was actually mentioned in an Ask Me Anything or something like that that Adam, I want to say, was involved with. You want And he thought lasers? it was interesting. Okay, so you want wind lasers, that's fair enough. No, because no, they're not doing any damage. You do want wind lasers. If you get a disable, you know, if you can disable a ship through its shields, it would really have to be a... Maybe make it a massive... A massive no, no, a weapon you don't, you don't, um, you don't disable. You basically, it's like stunning something. Is it? It's like um, uh, area attack that stuns someone for a couple of seconds. It's not something like right. That's it. You've knocked out his engines. You've he can't move. No, this is this is something that will, when you got hit in, in tie fighter by one of those, you got flung all over the place and you lost complete control. Well, maybe, that would give a, a your forced reboot. <laughs> mm-hmm. We could be getting into hacking weapons then, couldn't we? Oh, that'd be so sweet. Why's my undercarriage down again? <laughs> Stop hacking my undercarriage! Um, it could be, yeah. I mean, I think there's there's no real answer that Frontier... I mean, I always say I put a lot of trust in Mike Evans to balance things Aye. out. And, and mm. I know he was talking about all kinds of new weapons. I love the idea of a ransom missile that you fire, and unless the commander agrees to pay a ransom, it will chase them till the end of time. <laughs> um, 
A triple gun. That's what we need. We need a triple gun. Basically, if you've got grain in there, you fire the triples into it. That's the end of your cargo. No. Anyway, we're we're at plus two minutes, guys. We are. We are. We're, we're well. I know, but we've got to remember that we did start the show twice. Um, <laughs> it's one of these things where you know the Hutton Orbital um, Truckers convoy was awesome, and I've got an amazing poem which was written by Javert. Uh, post the event, I know he's making some amendments to it, so we may have a newer version at some point soon, but Dave Pearson recorded it, I put some music to it, and we're going to play the show out with that and then the end theme, so stick around because it is pretty awesome. But for now, we will do some shout-outs. We're going to give a shout-out to How to Make a Real World a live stream. That is tomorrow at 7pm BST, or it is 6pm GMT. Is that correct? Yes. I think so, yes. we're, That's just for you, not. Texas Stu. Just for you. It's 6pm <laughs> GMT, and it's how to make a real world live stream, and it sounds like something that'll be really worth having a look at. Now, is that on the ED Twitch stream? No, that's on YouTube. So and apparently the the guys have actually arranged things with YouTube to allow it to be watchable in Germany as well. Brilliant Yay. news! Brilliant news! So yeah, check that out on YouTube uh, tomorrow night from seven PM British Summer Time or six PM GMT. I'm not sure that is UTC or ABC, but it's one of those things, and you can work it out yourselves. <clears throat> Big shout out to the in-game commanders: Commander Ace Ricer, Arkham Boust, Caretaker, Clogan Mackay, Saltire, Rentaro Fuma, Flashheart. Oh hey, woof! And Commander <laughs> Ice Fire. Now, were they with you, Ben? Yeah, these you guys. You, Ben. <laughs> Almost. Like, sounds like you, Ben. <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all here. Um, there's a few other commanders who I've not managed to get their names off because they've been in and out, but they're the ones I've noticed the most. Yeah. And we've been having people landing on my anaconda, exploding all over my face, and all that kind of stuff, which has been great fun. Now, we've decided that we were not going to go reading through all the names on the TeamSpeak channels and on the Twitch channels, so instead I'm going to pick my favourite, and my favourite tonight is Commander Digix on the IRC chat, and we'll just jump over to Twitch, and my favourite person on Twitch tonight is... Oh, definitely, definitely, Commander, falling brickwork. Thank you for turning up. <laughs> Everyone else, thank you very much for tuning in. We would be free guys chatting to each other about absolute mindless nothing if it wasn't for you all. So thank you for turning up. And we will be back again next week. And if I go back to the script... Oh, of course, we have um, a couple of... No, blah, 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 blah. Yep, I've got a script now. Yes, here we go. Yeah, same bat time, same bat channel, isn't it, or something? Yeah. Sorry, right. yeah. I'm going to read it out because it's, it's good. <coughs> Get my reading voice on. That's it. <coughs> That's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you would like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, Facebook forward slash Lave Radio, or at Lave Radio on Twitter. You can join the Skype chat channel by adding Fozzo 101 to your Skype contacts or you can join our TeamSpeak server where commanders come to hang out and chat in a completely platonic way at laveradio.teamspeak3.com Lave Radio is recorded live honestly, live, you wouldn't think so from tonight would you? But it's recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half past 8pm that's half past 7 GMT or half past 8 BST 
That's another one for you, Texas Stew. Enjoy that one. And streamed out on HTTPP. Oh, my God, I did it again. LaveRadio.com forward slash live, where you can listen to it on our little Windows, uh, our little website app then you can listen to it live there or you can actually listen to it on TuneIn as well if you have that on your mobile phone uh, and it's actually a cracking way to listen to live radio if you're out and about because TuneIn works really well I don't know why it works better than listening to the website directly but it does so does Hudson is Hudson Orbital Radio on TuneIn as well by no, any chance not at all I've not you'll have to do that I know but I don't think it supports radioonomy stations Oh. It's a shoutcast, so it's one of those awkward ones. Ooh. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Colin. Thank you to Alan for being here earlier on and infecting us all with his e-germs. And thanks to <coughs> all those commanders... <coughs> oh, dear, health and safety has gone wrong. Thanks mm. to all those commanders that have joined us in the game, wherever it was that they joined us, if it was outside Lave Station. We salute ya! Until next time, fly safe. And you know what? If you can't do that, well, you're probably in the right chat room that's for sure <laughs> fly safe if you came to that fly dangerous whoops I just crashed into Commander Saltar oh, that's flying dangerous Before we play that little poem that I almost forgot to play, we have one more shout-out that we meant to give. Ben, who was that shout-out for? That was to an awesome guy who I met at LaveCon this year, which is Happy Awesome Games. They're running a Kickstarter at the moment for their game, which is sounding really, really exciting. And I'm just trying to find it just now. Um, it's basically a... It was a card game kind of thing that I remember, and it just looked really in-depth and incredibly professional that's happy uh, and they're just into, that's happy auto gaming is that creature college by any chance that's the one yes yes well um, last 10 days in uh, kickstarter so they're they're, oh. they're they're hoping they're hoping that they'll get past their goal they're just over halfway at the moment if you want to go and chuck some pennies at happy otter gaming you'll find them on kickstarter and it does look... The game looked really, really fun when they were demoing it and trying it out at LaveCon. So definitely would recommend that. And the guy's a lovely bloke as well. 
Fantastic. Right, well, we're going to pay you out with this little poem by Javert. It is titled The Ballad of Chaviano. At Chaviano Gateway Hall, there is a plaque upon the wall. What is it for, this marble mount? Listen to me, and I'll recount. The stories that I heard that night, here long ago, I cowered in fright. Whilst underneath the stars my fate was played out twixt the mad and great. One dark night, the and truckers and their crew set off for Maple, mugs in store, to cure the sick and heal the poor. This tiny band from Eden's son, the pirates counted twenty-one, but their translators out of tune, for that's our leader's nom de plume. Vanteon and Psycho Cow, no scars yet? Assemble now. At Ross 154 Form 8, all ships report, we can't be late. The wings were made, les jeux sont faits. At Toll of 8, we sail away. Firework of wakes across the sky, folk bow their heads and wave goodbye. Alien, cloaked in shadow, flew. With Mobius's help, her way was true. Jump by jump, the fleet grew tense. Irrational exuberance, there we stopped for fuel and tea. We gave the waverers choice to flee, and though we felt the rising gloom, we all flew on to meet our doom. As we passed on through Forculus, we heard reports of battles fierce between our friends and their dark foe. A shadow on our hearts did grow. We passed into uncharted space, a cold and lonely, dangerous place. Desperate radio calls from friends, as some of them met noble ends. We passed on through like ships at night, but lo, we see Maple in sight. Turn our ships and race for shade, run like the wind through their blockade. We hove in sight, our ships appeared. The mothers waved, the children cheered, the mugs are safe. Now journey ends, we drank a toast to absent friends. But something's coming, something new. A shadow passed across Pad 2, a murderous warship of renown, as Alarose came barreling down. I wheeled around and dove away while screaming, Freiheit, save the day. My brothers chased him, out of reach. Alarm bells ring, canopy breach. Dark echoes reverberate, the heavens blink. Higgs bosons shake, a dying ship, a helping hand. Is there a chance for one last stand? Run for cover, remlock on, two minutes till my air is gone. But now vile treachery descends, another lurks amongst my friends. I might have made it, yes I might, but for Nonya's cobra strike, a searing blast. Our mugs were fried, the mothers wept, the children cried. Dust and ashes, tears and pain, so near and yet so far again. When all hope's lost, what can we do? Our mission's failed. Can it be true? Fire and debris marks this place. Terrible beauty hangs in space. The smoke rolls back like shimmering water. Through it swims our last pink orca. Trumpets sound and church bells ring. The mothers laugh, the children sing. For this was the day the kids were freed 
by Hutton Trucker's daring deed. Mission complete, they leave the station, locked in missing man formation. We're off for now to our next meeting, Flossie's lost and overheating. So now you know, my stranger friend, how truckers met their end. And when you pass this way again, look at this plaque and think of them. The truckers saved us from disease when I was a child and on my knees. But here I am, I still remain. Their sacrifice was not in vain.